Our scripture reading is Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What a blessing it is to have the word of the Lord. It's not available in all countries around the world. But the freedoms that we have here, that have sacrifices that have been made for us, allow us to worship freely. We trust in His Word. And therefore, we are to pay attention to His voice. And so my message today is to heeding His voice. Jesus is our Good Shepherd. He guides us through many of life's turns and over hills and through valleys and continually restoring our souls leading us into paths of righteousness for His namesake. In the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks and He says in chapter 10, verse 27, He says, My sheep hear My voice and I know them, and they follow Me. What a comforting thought to know that Jesus knows each of His sheep. He knows each of us intimately. And the distinguishing fact that separates us from the world from the, is that His sheep know God's voice. We know how to hear from Him. In fact, His sheep are able to distinguish His voice through all the noise, through all the hustle and bustle of life's day-to-day happenings. And as we spend time with Him and cultivating our relationship with Him, we become more aware and more sensitive to His voice. Sometimes He speaks to us strongly through His Word. Sometimes He makes an impression on our hearts through a still, small voice as we're praying in our meditations. Other times He speaks to us through the messages of others. And sometimes because God's a creative God, He speaks to us through the circumstances of life. But regardless of how Jesus chooses to speak to His sheep, His voice is unmistakable. Anyone who has been following the Good Shepherd for long enough can attest to this. As Nancy and I have traveled the often rugged terrain of life, we have relied heavily on the voice of the Lord, our Good Shepherd. We have often wondered, as maybe you have as well, how do people even try to attempt to live this life without God? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's times when even for us, a seasoned believer, it's it's difficult. And yet we're thankful that we have the Good Shepherd that we continue to follow. Over the course of this past year, we have been in a season of change. After thoroughly enjoying eight wonderful years of pastoring a small church in Essexville, we clearly heard God's voice signaling a change in our ministry. Not knowing what this would look like, or what would happen next, or where it would happen, or how it would happen. We promptly obeyed the Lord. And by His grace, we began to move in a different direction. And by faith, we both knew that God would lead us into our next season of ministry, but we didn't have any details. You ever been there before? 
We didn't know where or when or how, but we, what we knew was this. We knew that we followed a good shepherd and we knew his voice. And so our job is not to argue or to figure it out, it's just to follow our good shepherd, the same way a sheep do, the same way that sheep follow Jesus. We have trusted God through every calling in ministry in our lives. We've learned to accept change as God has continually directed our paths. Many times in our lives when it seemed that there was no way forward out of our current circumstances, we stood in faith, often with trusted brothers and sisters that God would bring alongside of us to lock arms with us and just stand on the promises of God. And God has been faithful every time. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, there is no relationship with God. Because there's no way for us to know His voice and to follow His voice to where He desires us to be. But with a faith that is authentic and cultivated through prayer and worship and reading its word and applying its daily truths to our lives, we are rewarded in so many ways. Nancy and I have learned to trust God at every turn. And I don't know about you, but our life has had a lot of turns. I'm glad we turned into Roscommon. It's been a blessing being here. But oftentimes we have found ourselves in the middle of a storm with nothing left but just to hold on to God and crying out to God in desperation. Have you ever been there? I know you have. We all have. Life is very difficult. And as difficult as that seems, there's no greater place to be than to be completely desperate for God. That's where our faith connects to His heart. It hasn't been easy. But we have grown greatly in our faith as God has stretched us and brought us through many trials, as well as many wonderful family experiences. As many of you know, some of you know, one of the family experiences that we took was to take a mission trip to Israel in 2001. Nancy's brother is a missionary in Israel, in the Holy Land. While we were there, our daughter, who's with us this morning, was baptized in the Jordan River by her Uncle John the Baptist. <laughs> We've had amazing things that God, as we have followed the voice of the Lord, God has blessed us again and again. It hasn't been easy, but our job is just to follow Him. We can relate to many of the people in the Bible who stood in faith and trusted God through what seemed like impossible situations. Hebrews 11.8 by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. How many know that living by faith is often judged by others on the outside as foolish or illogical? It doesn't make worldly sense, after all, to close up shop, to leave your home, to leave your job, to leave everything secure in your life and move to a new location, not knowing where you're going, and just believe that God will direct you and provide for you once you get there, as long as He tells you when to stop. 
It just doesn't make worldly sense. But that is what Abraham did when he heard the voice of the Lord and heeded His voice. And that is exactly what we have done as well, having heard His voice and heeded His voice to be before you today. Those who know God's voice come to depend on His Word for daily direction and comfort and wisdom and peace and encouragement. It is the voice of the Lord that we have leaned on completely in this transition. As doors started to close around us on several fronts in the past year, it was very difficult. There were a lot of things that really seemed unfair. A lot of things that were just plain unjust. How could these things be happening? There were challenges at many turns. We even had friends who wanted to take offense for us and be mad for us that unfair things were happening to us. There was great temptation to judge the intentions of some people around us who appeared to be making life very difficult for us. You ever been in a situation like that? How many know that everything's a test? <laughs> yeah. Yet as we sought God through it all, His voice became louder and clearer to us. Then i got to tell you, about a month before God led me to apply for this job, I clearly heard the voice of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was a strong impression in my heart that I knew it wasn't for me. And God spoke these words to me. He said, let the door close behind you. Well, I knew exactly what God meant. I needed to refuse to complain and grumble about all these seemingly unfair things that were happening because it was by God's hand that these doors were now closing. Every time I complained, it was like I was keeping my foot in the door and preventing it from closing behind me. You know, we all ask for God to direct our paths. But do we really let Him? Or do we complain when they don't happen the way that we think they should, even though we ask God to direct our paths? God was closing doors on me, and yes, some of it seemed unfair, and yes, some of it seemed unjust, but that was God's designed plan to get us moving in His direction. It was the plan that God designed for us. I quickly became convicted by the fact that if I complained, I was complaining about God's design plan to direct our paths. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. If you're looking for a good verse to memorize, to stand on, I encourage you to pick this one. Philippians chapter 2 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. How are you at that one? Because I failed at that one that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Listen, if we are going to fulfill the command of Jesus to be a light in the world, then we need to resist the temptation to grumble and complain when things don't go our way. But... Don't we have the right to complain? Isn't that one of the American rights is to complain? 
No, I would say this. Yes, we do have the right to complain. But when we complain, we dim our lights and we look more like the world instead of the body of Christ. Jesus didn't complain. He faced a whole lot more unfair things than anything all of us together have gone through. And yet he opened not his mouth. It's no secret that the course of humanity has taken a downward spiral as many are seeking answers through perilous living and ungodly behaviors. The only way that the body of Christ can rise up as that beacon on the hill for a lost and dying world is if we remain a contrast to the world. We have to look different. We have to sound different. We have to respond differently. We cannot do it in our own strength. The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We need to invite God into the equation. We need to be the light of that world. We have to respond differently. When we grumble and complain, we trade in our faith and we take up the world's logic and mindset. Brothers and sisters, we have been created for greater things than this. We have been called to be the lights of the world for Jesus Christ. As children of God, we must daily choose to let the doors close behind us so that we can be salt and light in the world, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Do you know why Jesus has not come back yet? Because there's still people out there that need to hear His voice. That need to find their good shepherd. They're lost and they're looking. We are that mouthpiece to share that with others. That's why we have to remain as a contrast to the world. So I had this word from God to let the door close behind me. And i got to tell you, whenever God gives you a word, He also gives you a confirmation in a remarkable place. So the first time that Nancy and I came in here to meet with the pastoral search committee, we walked in this door right over here. You ever walk in that door over there? Do you know on that door there's a printed out, typed up piece of paper? Do you know what it says? It says, please be sure the door closes completely. <laughs> Amen. You know that's God, don't you? Thank you, God. I'm in the right place. Don't you just sometimes laugh when God gives you that? Every one of you is going to go check out that sign now. I know you are. <laughs> the very moment that we stepped into this church, God confirmed to me, to us, what He had been speaking for several weeks before this was even on our radar, before I even applied for this job. To make sure that the door closes behind me. Yet, as you know, it's one thing to know what needs to be done and a whole other thing to do it. No matter what any of us have gone through, no matter how hard or unfair or unjust it has been, every single one of us here has to do one thing by the grace of God in order to make sure that the doors close behind us so that we can walk to the doors that He's opened before us right now. Do you know what that one thing is? We all need to forgive. 
We need to forgive others. You see, there were several people in this past year that I needed to forgive. In this year of challenges, of injustice, of things that really hurt me, things that wounded my soul, I needed to forgive them so that door could close behind me. If you have gone through trials, if you have been hurt by the words and actions, or maybe even by the inactions of others, then God is speaking to you today as well. I don't know what all of you have been through, or maybe what you're currently going through. I know we've been in a season of change, but naturally you've been in a season of change as well. I don't know the journey that you've been on. But I do know that life can be very, very difficult. And some seasons can seem to linger on for a long time as we wait on God to open new doors for us. If these words ring true to you, then allow God to give you the key to not only let the door close behind you, but to lock it shut so you can go through the door that He has before you right now. God calls all of us to forgive. But forgiveness is far more than just saying you're sorry. I believe there are at least three steps to walking out the process of forgiveness. And I want to talk about those right now. The first step of forgiveness is to give up your right for revenge. See, we all have God-given rights and we have human rights. And one of our human rights, or rather our human responses, is to want to take revenge on someone who hurt us. They hurt us, we want to hurt them back. Now maybe you don't do that, but that's our flesh's automatic response. It's a response to a stimuli that has hurt us. We must first relinquish or give up this right to take revenge, even if we're to even begin the act or the process of forgiveness. However, giving up this right is more than just the act of revenge. It is also refraining from words or even thoughts of revenge as well. Now this may take some time, but with God's help, it can be done. Even if the hurt was very personal. Matthew 19.26 Jesus looked at them and said, You know what that means? Just like His living Word today is looking at you, almost like a picture that no matter where you go, it looks at you. Jesus looks at us today through His living Word. He looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen? Even the most inconceivable things are possible if we trust God instead of our own logic and our own strength. Sometimes we've been hurt and wounded very badly. And it seems, I can say I'm sorry, but in my heart I have a hard time forgiving someone. That's just our flesh. That's all of us. Don't ever feel condemned because that's our flesh. And it seems impossible. How could I do this? What this person did to me was so unfair and so unjust and so ungodly. How can I do it? And God says, you can't do it. But I can. Because all things are possible through God who loves us. If someone hurts us emotionally, we're tempted to want something bad to happen to that person. To get even with them. 
Whether we do the hurting back in actions or we say hurtful things or even think bad thoughts toward or about that person, we are not only perpetuating the hurt, we are making forgiveness impossible. We need to refuse to take up revenge in actions, in words, and even in our thoughts. If it's too difficult, then we need to just admit it to God and ask God for help in this area. The reason why so many people have a hard time forgiving is not because it's too hard. It's because we often don't ask God for help during the entire process of forgiveness. How many of you have ever heard the saying, God will never give you more than you can handle? Have you heard that? Okay. How many know that's nowhere in the Bible? How many know that's not true? Listen, I saw one hand back there. Listen, it can't be true. God has to give you more than you can handle so that you have to rely on Him. You have to come to a place where you're desperate. You've tried on your own. You've struggled and you've strived. You can't do it on your own. God, it's more than I can handle. And God says, it's about time. You need to lean on me. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we ask Him for our daily bread. God, give me what I need today to get through this day. When we get to that place to lean completely on God, that's where faith really begins working. If you've had a difficult time forgiving others, then I encourage you to just admit it to God. God already knows it's there. Ask God to help you give up your right for revenge so you can move on to your healing. So the first step is to give up your right to revenge and forgiveness. The second step is to begin to pray for the person that hurts you. This too is harder than it sounds. Because in order for our prayers to work, there's this little catch. We have to mean what we say. But we're human. Prayers for someone else must be completely unselfish prayers. For example, we can't pray that they would be struck by lightning. (laughs) Or pray that their car would break down on the way to work. (laughs) Even though that might be what our our flesh wants us to feel and how to respond. Also, unselfish prayers avoid telling God what kinds of consequences a person needs. For example, we don't say, God, I pray that you would punish that person for their wrongdoing. Obviously, God knows what has to be done in a person's life. The truth of the matter is that, listen to this, sometimes it's hard to hear truth from God, but the truth of the matter is that we need to be willing to pray for others and forgive them even if they don't change. How can we do that? We can't. It's by the grace of God that God works in the impossible. God moves in the impossible. Why should we have to forgive someone that doesn't change? Because forgiveness hurts us more than it hurts the other person who we may be unwilling to forgive. It has been said that unforgiveness is like swallowing a bottle of rat poison and waiting for the other person to die. We think we're going to hurt them by holding unforgiveness, and we can't. Unforgiveness hardens our heart. Unforgiveness is poison to our soul. We are commanded to forgive. 
Even if they don't change, we still forgive. Once again, this may seem impossible, but with God, all things are... Amen. If we invite Him into the process. What does an unselfish prayer sound like? Maybe something like this. God, I pray that you would bless him and bring him close to you. God, I pray that you would give her favor in all that she does. Heavenly Father, bless him financially. Surround her with good friends and remove all stressful situations from her. You see, when we pray, pray these kinds of prayers for someone who has hurt us, not only will God administer a touch to their heart, so they can start to clearly hear His voice, but God will move through you to do it. 1 Corinthians 13, 7-8 Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Allowing God's unconditional love to flow through us by His strength will accomplish many things. We must make it a priority to continue praying for those who have hurt us because it keeps us teachable and pliable in God's hands. And the more you pray for this way for others, the more that God will change your heart in the process. Soon you won't be just praying for that person because it's the right thing to do. Soon you'll be praying for that person because you want to see them healed. It's one of the amazing miracles that happens through Spirit-led forgiveness. Well, the third and final step of forgiveness, after we've given up our right for revenge, after we've been praying for that person, is we know that we have walked out forgiveness when we can rediscover that person for who they are instead of what they did to us. In other words, it takes a revelation from God to begin to see that person how God sees that person. How does God see that person? Oftentimes God sees that person as someone who is hurting. Someone who is hurting and in need of His perfect grace. You see, hurting people hurt other people. They don't necessarily mean to. They can only give what they've taken in. And so when God gives us the revelation that they are hurting as well, we can begin to pray for them and believe the best for them. Making an assent to this perspective is not something we could do on our own. It takes a revelation from God. But when we do and we can stand on that truth, then we can truly pray prayers that they would be blessed. And once we can do that freely from our heart, it's not just an act, then we have walked out forgiveness. And we are open to God's voice to lead us and guide us and direct us in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Forgiving others is how we pass from one season to the next. Closing one door that's behind us and walking through the one that is before us. Let us all heed the voice of the Lord to lead us through forgiveness so that He can guide us down by, by quiet and still waters. Lead us on paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Amen? I don't know what you've been through or what you've gone through 
or how difficult your past year or past week or past month has been. But I do know that we all need to take time and search our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit search our hearts so that God can continue His work here. This is more than just a message that I'm preaching. This is God moving through His Word. He is our healer. I want to play one song for you here. And whether you stand or sit, whether you read the words off the screen and sing along with me, or whether you just take it as a time between you and God alone. And if God brings up a person in your mind that you know that you've been working through or you know you need to forgive, don't fight with God. Just say, God, I want to begin my healing process. I pray that this song would minister to you.
God calls us to come together. The reason that we are called to come together is so that when we are united, there's nothing that the body of Christ can't do. One of the ways He calls us to come to be united is through prayer. I'm going to ask us to join together to say the Lord's Prayer right now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? Amen. Could you stand and join us? for our final hymn.